Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, and welcome back to Talking Knicks. We're doing a free agency 2.0 episode because... Two weeks ago from this very day, we talked about free agency, and it was who are we going to pair up with Kevin Durant. A lot has changed since then, and we now know that R.J. Barrett is officially a New York Nick. He's excited about it. We're excited about it, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, mostly about kind of some of our new targets in free agency. Now that we know the young guy, how are we going to fill out this team? I am joined by the big baby David. And Tom, the hammer, Piccolo. Let's go, Knicks tape. Let's run it, boys. Let's talk Knicks. Post and toes coming and stuffing. Again, ignited, exciting the guard crowd. Welcome back to Talking Knicks, Lords and Ladies. That's about as bad as an intro you can give. How's everyone doing today? I myself, Jake Storielli, hurting a little bit. Vegas mode this weekend, baby. We did it. Jared's bachelor party. We're going to make him a man. I don't know. That's not what bachelor parties are. I think that's a different event. But had a good time. If my voice sounds a little hoarse, there's a little horse in here. Jake, stop with the bad jokes. Just send it to the guys. Um, let's send it to the guys. Dave, how are you doing, brother? How, how's your week? How's your weekend? Not bad. Hung out a little bit. Yankees had good wins, so that made me feel good. And Knicks didn't do anything weird and took Barrett, so that made me feel good. And, uh, yeah, just just hanging out. That's a huge call on the Knicks not doing anything weird, um, except signing VJ King. We'll get there. Tom, Tommy Two-Tone, Tommy Pickles. What's up, bro? We don't have to get there. We don't have to get to VJ King. That'd be fine. Okay. Um. Guys, I'm doing well. Um, I'm glad BBD is feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, had a nice weekend. Spent a lot of time outdoors, doing some hiking. Did a lot of drinking. Did some exercise, and it was it was a good it was a good weekend all around. So uh, I like it. Yeah, no no complaints here. I played some golf for the first time Ooh. this season. I was so bad. I, I did a par three with our friend and, and normal co-host Kenny Poon. Sure. Um, it wasn't pretty, but we had a nice time doing it. That's all that matters. So, yeah, ready to talk some Knicks with you guys. And, Jake, I want to hear, did you got, did you win any money when you were over there in Vegas? Oh, definitely not. Um, no. No. The, um, you would be surprised how often red can come up on a roulette table. You really would. Um, actually, I did all right with the sports gambling, which was rare. But, yeah, super bad with regular gambling. Um, but it was I, first time doing a pool party, man. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty lit, as the kids say. First pool party, that's that's pretty good. Uh, it was uh, it was actually kind of nuts. It was kind of cool. I I get why people do it. <laughs> it's probably the drinking and the beautiful women. But anyways, well, what are your games that. of choice, Jake? Do you play like I like roulette, Tom? And that's that's stupid. Um, because I just like knowing the result instantly. 
Like with craps, there's kind of too much going on. Blackjack, I always lose. Uh, just kind of roulette, black or red, let me know what happened, you know? I do. I do know about that. I, uh, I'm the same way. I, I try and steer clear of any games that involve skill because I don't have that. So I, I like to go with the, with the roulette. You a gambler, Dave? No, I'm a child. <laughs> Big baby. Well, How old are you? You can't gamble? Or? No, I can, I can. I just haven't gotten into it. and uh, I feel like it's. I, I should avoid it because it'll be a problem. That's a good thing. It's an it's an addictive bad hobby. Speaking of addictive bad hobbies, the New York Knicks. Um, we're we're talking about gambling and taking risks. Dave, you said it so nicely on your intro. Uh, we did the safe thing. We took R.J. Barrett. Um, we're happy. We did a whole live thing. Um, I I don't know. Are we are we feeling any differently? A couple days later, we're happy to have him in house. He had his nice press conference. We're we're all all quiet on the Western front. Yeah. I mean, just regardless of what ends up happening, I think it just was the right pick. It was the obvious pick. Even if he ends up being a bust one day, which I don't really see happening, but it it can always happen. Hey, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't think we'll ever be mad that they, that they took him. Cause what was the other choice really? I like that, Dave, Tom, same boat. Yeah, really nothing's changed for me. I, he was the pick all along. Like Dave said, they didn't screw it up. And uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about this guy. I, I mean, the more the more film I watch, I, I'm i kind of surprised there were so many naysayers going into this, going back to your horse reference, Jake. Um, <laughs> I just – the kid put up numbers as a freshman, as a young freshman. He's one of these guys who um, – he like reclassified, so he was a year younger than than a lot of his uh, fellow classmates. So he's uh he's got so much upside, great size, a lot of skill, and if, and from all the video we've seen, he's been reworking his shot a little bit with Drew Hanlon. That's been a little hit or miss because I know uh, that's worked for some prospects, not so much for others. But um, I don't know. From what I can see, he's getting his uh his offhand a little bit. It was kind of on top of the ball, I think, earlier in his career, and he's getting it off to the side where it should be. So if his shot comes around, he's going to be a really dangerous player for a long time. Yeah, and it, 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 it really is easy to talk yourself into it when you know he was the number one player coming out and he reclassified early and you just see the skill set. And I, I think it's going to be interesting looking back at this Duke team a couple years and, A, looking at some of the scrubs that they were throwing out there. Uh, well, B, finding out whatever the hell Cam Reddish is. And C, I think it's just going to be funny looking back in history and being like, wait, R.J. Barrett scored more points than Zion? <laughs> he, he outscored him in points per game. And I, I don't know. I think John Morant's going to be good, but there's also a very good chance R.J. Barrett could be better than John Morant. Um, we'll, we'll see about that. Time will tell. Um, BBD, let's, let's hit it and quit it quick before we start filling out the roster we also had a second round pick. Everyone's everyone's favorite. You're gonna help us help us out with the pronunciation. Ig- Ignis Brkaidovich. Uh, <laughs> Ignis or Iggy Brazdikis. It uh, the way I've uh, learned it is if you just look at the name really closely, it's kind of pronounced how you'd think it's supposed to be pronounced. You just kind of take it slow. It's Brazdikis. I feel like Jake, also, that's how Jake reads everything, so I think that should that should work. Oh, okay. Easy. 
Just a little, little shot fired there. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, he's Michigan man. Um, I, I mean, it's a second round pick. It's it's normally a lottery ticket. Although the Knicks have had some success with second round picks of late. Um, and then we we also signed a couple kind of summer league guys, Dave. I, I think we'll say the names and make a couple VJ King jokes and then keep it moving. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. On on Iggy, first of all. I don't know. It seems like he has as good a shot as any late second round pick to work out. So <laughs> see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, then they signed three guys immediately. And there's a few other names, but the three guys they signed like right after the draft, they got Chris Wilkes out of UCLA who I had heard of before. So that means he was okay in college, I think. Okay. Um, they signed Amir Hinton. He went to Shaw university, which is a D two school. So that's like a fun little storyline. Uh, and they signed VJ King out of Louisville, which after quite a bit of Googling, I found out stands for Vincent Jr. He, uh, a, a few more notes on VJ King. He's uh, older than me, which is becoming a rare thing in the NBA mm. these days. He was a great student. He had a 3.75 GPA. Um, his dad was a, pro- was a professional basketball player for 10 years overseas, and he likes Michael Jordan. All right. VJ King. Yeah, I know we uh we were having some jokes beforehand because his college stats are oddly unimpressive. Um but yeah, who who knows? Uh Louisville was holding him back. Scott Paget never never took the leash off VJ King. Um so yeah, and I, I don't know, we we talked about how much we want to dive into it. Uh and we were just kind of honest with ourselves. Like, well, if someone steps up and earns a roster spot, like, hey, <laughs> I mean it, it's there for the taking, and we're going to talk about those roster spots a little more in a minute. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're not putting too many eggs in those guys' baskets yet um, unless they start giving us baskets. God, that's so bad. Um, let's get away from the draft. Um, we did a whole R.J. Barrett thing. We were live during the draft, if you want to check that out at John Boy Media. Boys, I want to talk free agency because it literally was two weeks ago and we were talking if Kawhi and KD would pair up and come to the Knicks. Um, a lot has changed over those two weeks. Um, and I, I think there's a couple concepts we need to get get around. We could go around the horn quick because it's, it's okay. If we're doing one of those flow charts where it starts which way you go, it's do you still think we're signing Kevin Durant? And it's if yes, take this route. If no, take this route. Um, I know you guys talked about it a little bit last week. Um, I mean, do we have any – does anybody have a new lean or anything? I mean, uh, are we just coin flip Golden State and the Knicks right now? Yeah, I think it might as well be a coin flip at this point. I've heard I – mean, I'm just scanning Twitter. I've read some conflicting reports that maybe this this injury has caused a little bit of a rift between KD and the the Golden State medical staff and thereby the, uh, the organization in general. So at the same time, you could also see how his mindset has kind of changed after this series where the, the Golden State fans really do appreciate him now, and, and maybe the, the NBA fans in general now know that the Warriors need Kevin Durant to win a title, or at least you know a healthy KD or a healthy Klay Thompson. But in any case, you need Kevin Durant. He greatly increases your odds at winning a title if that was ever a question in, in some people's minds. So 
I, I really don't have a better feel for this at this point. It, it, if KD signs with the Knicks, I wouldn't be shocked, but I also am not expecting it. Yeah, it's, that's basically where I'm at. I, if you're telling me I have to pick one, I'd pick he stays in Golden State, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, and I'd be very happy if he if he still came, even with the sitting a year and and everything else, and potentially not being the same dude. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. But you're right, yeah. like whether or not he signs, that hugely impacts kind of the rest the the way the Knicks would want to fill out their roster the rest the rest of the way. Yeah, and I, it brings up some interesting concepts, right? Because right now in our heads, we're kind of mentally. I think we're mentally ready to run with whatever this young Knicks team looks like and whether KD signs and sits out the year or not. I mean, next year, this season is a big find out what we got. Is RJ Barrett legit or on the right path to be legit? Is Knox? I mean, what are, what are we going to be saying about Kevin Knox after this year? It could be one of the better young players in the league or it could be like <laughs> – guy that takes and misses a lot of shots um so so i think it's interesting and and we need some bodies um i mean i i'm looking at the quote-unquote knicks roster right now and it, it it gets a little scary um and i i i guess where i'll i'll start the conversation is that i i really want the knicks to sign someone this offseason whether it's duran or not that is here for the long haul um I, I don't know. You guys mentioned it last week. I do have a little bit of a man crush on D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think for what he does, what he did last year at his age and where that potentially could get to. Um, I mean, I, I think he has a chance to be a perennial all-star. He was an all-star last year and he led the Brooklyn Nets uh, to a, a pretty nice season in the playoffs. I mean, I if if we if I walked out of this offseason – and it was, we signed Durant. He's going to be out the whole year. That is what it is. And we had like D'Angelo Russell and then an overpay. And I think the overpay is where we're going to get into some discussions. Cause I like Tom, you and I have already had a little back and forth. Like I like Julius Randall. Can you overpay him for two years? What's the market for Julius Randall right now? Is he going to get big money for three or four years? So that's where things start to get tricky. But I, I guess that's currently my, my best case scenario would be at this point is sign Kevin Durant. Most most realistic best case scenario would be sign Kevin Durant, get someone like D'Angelo Russell or a younger guy that can be a part of this team going forward and help these other young guys play good basketball. Mm-hmm. And then if you give me another piece who's talented that's maybe not part of the future but can also, you know, let these guys hoops. Like how, how many times did we look at the court last year or walk away from a Knicks game saying like, that was bad basketball. Like, I, I don't think the younger guys improved. So um, kind of a launch point, whoever, whoever wants that jump ball. Well, I'm, I'm not sure how the money really works out, but I feel like with, with if we were to actually get Kevin Durant and sign D'Angelo Russell to a max, that would kind of round out the rest of the cap space. I don't know that we'd have. We definitely wouldn't have room to sign someone of like Julius Randle's caliber after that. I don't know if there'd really be much left over at all after those two signings. Um, but I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from. I guess we could talk about the two different scenarios. If we do sign Kevin Durant, what we want to do, and also I think we really need to hammer home what we should do if we do not get Kevin Durant. 
Right. Because um, it sounds mm -hmm. like it, you made it sound like regardless, you want someone in New York for the long haul. And maybe that's D'Angelo Russell. If it's not D'Angelo Russell, then your options get pretty thin pretty quickly. You're looking at guys like we've talked about before, like Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton. I don't, I mean, this is my opinion. I don't think Kawhi is coming. Kyrie is almost assuredly not coming. Kemba is going to have a really hard time turning down all that money in Charlotte. I think he's staying there. And Clay Thompson is going to be a warrior. So your, your options really come down to Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton in that tier. And it's, that's pre it's a pretty dark uh, situation there. I, I don't think that the Knicks want to be tying up long-term money in any of those guys. Yeah, I I definitely don't know where to where they'd go if KD doesn't happen, and you know if the Nets just want to keep D'Lo, they can match whatever contract he gets. So it's not like you can just bank on then pivoting towards D'Lo. Well, and the reports um, most recently have made it sound like the Nets are having second thoughts about Kyrie coming on his right. own, right? That, that, and, and Zach Lowe was talking on his podcast. He had polled about two thirds of the league's GMs and asked him straight up, would you rather have Kyrie long term at his number or D'Angelo Russell long term at the amount he'll be making? And it was split. Like he said that like two thirds of the, of the GMs he polled said they'd rather have Kyrie. But that a third of them said D'Angelo Russell, so um, it, it does sound like that's a, that's a real conversation that's happening. Um, I I don't know, you know, what what Brooklyn would be willing to match for. Right. I think if you if you are Brooklyn, I think you have to go with the more sure thing and just take Kyrie Irving, take someone who's that talented. You haven't had someone that talented in the next organization for quite some time, so I think that would be the smart move for them, and that would open up D'Angelo Russell as an option for the Knicks. I don't know, frankly, how thrilled I'd be given D'Angelo Russell long-term money. I don't know if if he's the real deal, frankly. I, I know you love him, Jake. I'm not quite as sold, but uh, I don't know. That's that's a whole different conversation, I guess. Yeah, I, I and I, I understand I, I'm a little too gung-ho on D'Angelo Russell. I really liked him in college, even when he was being inefficient in the NBA. I, I, I felt like I still liked it, and – I'm not going to confirm it because he could go out and throw out a dud this year, but it seemed like in, in my eyes he was doing everything except making shots. And then this year he started making those shots, which um, is kind of scary, right? Like did D'Angelo Russell just put together a hell of a year? Um, or was this a progression? I personally think it was, and I think there's more to come. Um, but again, that's that's just me being bullish. And I, I guess the question from there spins, and, and Tom, as much as I hate to do it, um, I, I think we should live in this non-KD reality world because now it's we've missed on Kevin Durant. Whatever he signs, I don't know if he's one and one or, or if he picks up his option for some reason, which we don't think is happening. But if if Kevin Durant is off the table, we have a lot of young guys, $70 million in cap room. I mean, Dave, do you want them to like – I don't want to say spend, spend, but I, I don't know. Like, where, where's the line here? Like, do we want them to bring yeah. in a couple, like, Jeremy Lambs and Darren Collisons? Like, does that help us, or or, or what? what's your game plan? Yeah, it gets really weird after that because uh, for the purposes of this exercise, Kawhi is absolutely not coming to, even though we know they'd right. pivot there and, and make a run. Get They're getting in. They 
they plan to get a meeting with him, which I, why wouldn't the meeting at least happen? Yeah. But uh, he just opted out actually. And um, yeah, it gets weird because how much money are you going to be willing to commit beyond this year? Free agency classes, certainly next year's free agency class, I know isn't supposed to be special. So it's, it's kind of like how much are we willing to commit beyond next year to guys that are not, you know, superstar level players. Cause if, if you, cause it, hmm, it's, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it gets so weird because there's not that many stars that you want to give more than one year deal to this year besides the, all those big guys. Well, that's, I, kind of, that's been the point yeah. that, that Kenny Poon has been making that uh, he thinks that the Knicks can just give max money one year deal to a guy who would help the Knicks, as you say, Jake, like play competent basketball, like actually play right. good basketball. And I like that idea a lot in theory, but we've always been theoretical when we talk about it. We have not given a concrete solutions. And so like we need to start throwing out some players and be like, is this the type of guy who would take a one-year deal? Because in my eyes, Julius Randle, I know you mentioned giving him two years. He's not going to be taking a one-year deal, especially after breaking his leg his rookie year. Like He's going to want that yeah. security. Um, and so you just kind of have to go down the line. And, I, and the, the place where I drew the line was kind of like, I'm going to name some players. Like J.J. Redick has been known to do the, the one-year uh, right. large amount of money sort of deal. And he lives in Brooklyn, so like that would make sense for him in his, in his personal life. But DeAndre Jordan is, an, is another guy who is already – he was just spent the year in New York or the last part of the season, and he seemed to be a great glue guy, great bench guy. Um, would, would the Knicks want to sign him and to keep mentoring Mitchell Robinson? Uh, if not, you can get, bring in Brooke Lopez, who may have actually earned himself multiple years after his year in Milwaukee. He was great and had some – he really showed out in some playoff games too. He's 31, so he might be looking for one more long-term deal. So he might not even be in an option for like a max one-year deal. And then you get into guys like Nikola Miritich, Marcus Morris, Thad Young, Rudy Gay, Patrick Beverly. Like that's – those are the guys you'd be offering – big time money to for one year deals. I think once you get down to that level, they may take it. Do any of those names like interest you guys? Uh, I would probably say, maybe, I guess Pat Bev's the one guy who you think, who I feel like would take a one year deal and kind of sticks out just because he has the experience to teach the young guys, but why wouldn't he himself go to a team that has a better chance to win for one year? But it's all a weird balancing act. Yeah, and that's I, I guess that's what I'm having trouble wrapping around my head. And I it you know, it is this weird mix. Like we're not gonna be that good of a team, but we wanna overpay <laughs> a veteran player. It's a very weird concept. And like I see a name that pops up in front of me. What about like a Thaddeus Young? Um, yeah, that was one of the guys I, I listed like a dozen. So I, I <laughs> yeah, he was he was on that list. Um I mean un, unrestricted, average twelve and a half, six and a half. You uh, you kind of know what you're going to get from Thaddeus Young. I mean, would would it make sense for him to take a like a one year? I don't know, twenty two mil or something. Like, and and then follow up question: Are we happy if Thad Young is on the team? And, and that's probably more of the question because Thad Young at this point in his career, I mean, he's a power forward straight up, so he right. doesn't bring a lot of shooting to the position. He's more of a traditional power forward. 
And I think in these in these types of veteran signings, you want a guy who is going to help not just like the locker room presence, but on court, he's going to be able to gel with some of these guys and help space the floor and and help his teammates out, right? Like you want Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett operating in space as much as possible. That playing Thad Young at the four isn't going to do that. So that's why a couple other guys I mentioned were like Nikola Mirotic and Marcus Morris, both of whom would be more of like a stretchier power forwards who might be willing to take those those one-year deals, those balloon payments. And I, I mean, Dave, what, what what other names jump out to you? I know Tom mentioned DeAndre Jordan before. I I don't want to speak consensus for everyone here. If, if he came back another year, I think we're all pleased with that, right? I mean, from what we – saw from him briefly and mentoring. Um, God, yeah, I'd be, I'd, yeah, I'd be totally fine with him back, especially on a one year. Uh, does a guy, does a guy like Wilson Chandler take a one year just to get a little more money? Cause I don't think anyone else gives him money, but he's, you know, a, a solid vet. Yeah. That's an interesting name. And I, I know he, he didn't, Cause what he did he end up in Philadelphia? What happened to Wilson? Chandler? He he ended up there in the in the off season, but he was part of the Tobias trade, I think. Right. So now, um, and now he's a free agent again. And I and I mean, so I I guess what also gets interesting here, because like I I see a name like Darren Collison pop up, and I'm like, man, he would be a pretty stable thing. But you wonder what what is the Knicks front office thinking right now? Like we have Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Barrett, Trier, Damian Dotson. Um, it feels like a point guard short um, in what you'd like your rotation to be. Right, and uh, we, Kadeem Allen, I think, is someone that they really like. And and I and I guess that superstar. That's yeah, Kadeem Allen, junkyard dog, man. Um, so I, I guess there's a world where the Knicks could not really be targeting backcourt, um, which is a little scary to me. Um, I mean, we're definitely going to need another big, and we need <laughs> – well, arguably we need five more wings, but um, uh, definitely something else on the wing. You definitely uh, just need some shooting, man. You just got to yeah. have some shooters out there and some playmakers. So, Tom, I know you're uh, – I mean, you're such a JJ Redick fan. Oh my God! Truly, you 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 love Duke. You love JJ. Uh, I mean, should as a Knicks fan, I it comes across the ticker on July 1st or whenever when that Dave. When did they start free agency? They moved it up six it's hours. The, it's the 30th at 6 p.m. Now. The so 30th at 6 you p.m. Don't just stay up till three. The Knicks have signed JJ Redick to a one-year. $18 million deal. What, what are your guys' emotions? If that's just like the first thing we do, I think I'd probably, I wouldn't be mad about JJ Redick being on the team, but it, it would feel like an overpay. And it'd feel like a weird thing to have like, our like first big headline to be. If you told me that ends up being what happens, <laughs> I, I'm not mad. Well, and Jake, I know we've been talking like as if Kevin Durant were not signing with the Knicks, right. but this would even work if KD does sign because it, it kind of works the same way where we wouldn't want the Knicks tying up long-term money unless, like you said, D'Angelo Russell, like that's kind of the exception, I think, in, in some Knicks fans' eyes. But 
Um, if, if KD does sign with the Knicks, then no matter what, we're going to be terrible this upcoming season. And that kind of means that many other top-tier free agents wouldn't want to come waste a year of their prime in New York while KD rehabs his Achilles. Um, So I think it would be kind of a similar situation. And if if JJ knew that KD was coming, I think that that could make some sense because JJ is a guy who wants to compete for titles. And so if he knew that KD were coming and and he re-signed and he signed a one-year deal kind of in hopes of re-signing a deal again in the future... That could make some sense, and JJ would be a great fit moving forward on like a KD-led Knicks team. Just giving him a just giving him a one-year deal for next year. Um, I mean, that, that's a good, it's a fine way to fill out the roster. You need shooting. He would draw a lot of attention from defenses and open things up for, for his younger teammates. And he's uh, by all accounts a great um, he's a great teammate, and he could get some of our of our Knicks rookies and young guys onto his podcast. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty low stakes situation there. Yeah. And I, I guess, uh, all right. So let's quick world with Durant. We signed Kevin Durant. He gets the max. So that means we're probably going to have what, like 35 mil in cap space or something like that, or, or 30 mil, something yeah, like right. that neighborhood. Yeah. So I, I guess that is a really interesting point. Would, would you rather see them, Okay, I'm I'm trying to think of think of good names here. Would you rather see the rest of that money go to D'Angelo Russell? Would you rather see the rest of that money go to like JJ Redick and Nerlens Noel? Nerlens Noel and and Rudy Gay on short contract. Um, like I, I guess I, I so in the Durant world now we we got we got him. What do you want them doing with the rest of that money? Like trying to get one guy or, or fill it out for a year and then make a plan for next year? Well, Jake, I kind of misspoke a little because the, it, your plan obviously does change if KD signs. Right. In that if you can get guys for two-year deals who you want to be playing alongside Kevin Durant, then that works just as well too, right? Um, yeah. Ideally, you would save enough space so that you'd be able to offer another max to a player next offseason, right? So I think that's why we're kind of being a little tentative giving out these these multi-year contracts. Because, um, if, again, if KD signs, you want to surround him with another all-star talent. And really the only way that's going to happen is in free agency next offseason. I'd have to go and check it at, next, at 2020's free agents. Um, I'm going to look that up right now, but I think that's, what's keeping you from, from offering these, these two year deals to a lot of guys. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm as open to it as you guys are, but like, would you sign KD and then JJ to a two year deal? By then JJ's be 36 on that, on that second year of that deal. That's, Mm. that's awfully old. KD's going to be 32. So it's tough, man. The Knicks are, are really in a tough situation here. For me, I, I think if we if we do sign KD, I think I would prefer getting like the one kind of stuck guy. Depends on who who it is and who's willing to come. Like if if Kyrie or D'Lo still want to want to come, they'll be by themselves for a year. But then Durant will rejoin the team next year. I think I'd still be I would still be down for something like that, uh, and it, it just makes us mediocre next year, which you know hurts draft pick or whatever. But 
Uh, I think I prefer that to just signing a bunch of one-year guys now or committing any sort of money beyond one year to anyone right now. But I also, I also don't know off the top of my head who's going to be available next year, so maybe I would rather wait a year. And I'm looking at some, some names here for 2020 free agents, and it's not a great crop. Like, yeah. You're looking at Kyle Lowry will be a free agent. Uh, Gordon Hayward will have a – I mean – He'll have a $31, $32 million player option. I I have to imagine he's going to think he's picking that up. Yeah. Um, Paul Millsap. DeMar DeRozan is probably the biggest name on this list. Who's that? Because, like, assuming Anthony Davis is going to resign in Los Angeles, I think that's pretty much a done deal. Um, Yeah. Otto Porter is going to have a $26 million player option. He'll pick up Andre Drummond. But. I mean, if you love, if you it's love like the Mitchell one Robinson, name that kind of sticks out. Yeah, but if you love on if you love Mitchell Robinson, like you probably don't have a ton of interest in Andre Drummond. That's true. Um, oh yeah, so twenty twenty free agent class not very strong, but this is the crop of players you'd be looking to surround KD with. So, like you could be looking at maxing out Demar Derozan to put next to Kevin Durant. Um, is that like a championship level sort of tandem? I. I don't know that it necessarily is, but just looking at what the options are, that might be your best bet. Or, or your best bet is just having KD be the lone super-duper star and surround him with a bunch of good fit veterans and playmakers, kind of like Toronto did with, with Kawhi this year. That that might be the way to go. That That's how you use your cap space. Yeah, and I, I the, that next year's free does play into this, and I, I think – what 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 that tells me? Because none of those names jump off to me. I'm sorry. I, I not a shot at Demar Derozan, but um, like okay. In, in theory, Demar we have DeRozan. that with RJ now. It's like well, we don't need yeah, to bring in another wing like Demar. Same body type, um, Tommy Bodies. But I, I basically, I think from now having this conversation. I think they either bring in someone they like and they if KD comes, they bring in someone they like this year that they want to play with KD and they can convince them that like, hey, get through this year and we'll be right. And then we can if we need to, we can trade Knox or potentially trade Barrett and and maybe go get that third player even. Um because I, I mean I, I'm just picturing KD on the sideline all year. You know, our young guys you know, improve n- nothing over the top, but they do get better. And and then we're having this conversation next year, and we're saying Max DeRozan, Max Drummond. I I mean, it just doesn't make sense, right? Right. Yeah. If those are your options, it probably is. It probably would make sense to go the D'Angelo Russell route. Um, I know just a lot of Knicks fans are are saying just sign one year, sign everyone to one year deals. Just keep doing the one year deal thing and and keep your options open, but. At some point, you have to rely on player development and guys wanting to play in New York. And, like, just you can't rely so much on, on free agency and, like, star power every year. You got to draft right and, and develop within. It could it could just end up being a very slow rebuild, guys. That's what I'm kind of preparing myself for. Yeah. It's not going to be this, you know, flip a switch and have Kyrie and KD anymore. That kind of – has gone out the window, and I think we're we're moving more in the direction of draft guys with you know who who want to play there and and just 
do a good job on that end and, and of scouting and yeah. player development. That's what it's got to be about. Hope you get lucky. And you got to get lucky. The Knicks have to get lucky. They're due. I hate player development. Um, what What about I? Just I'm I'm surprised we didn't say this name, or maybe Tom did, and we we all just ignored him. Danny Green. I mean, here's a guy that you know he could probably get a nice three year X million per year. He's coming off a playoff run. I mean, is that again? Nick signed Danny Green, and it's it's a clear overpay. I mean, are are we okay with that? I mean, this is a guy that's had success on big stages. He's a guy that plays good basketball. Is Danny Green someone we should be talking about? It's, it's pretty hard to get excited about Danny Green, to be honest. Um, wow, Ken, Ken's going to be mad about that. I mean, for, for a one-year deal, sure. But you don't want to be tying up long-term money in Danny Green. He's, he's getting old. and uh, 32 now. 32 now, yeah, that's... You just turned 32 yeah, yesterday. Happy, Happy birthday, Danny Green. Wow. Huge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tom, I'm, I'm a little surprised by your reaction. I, I thought you'd walk away saying, like, Danny Green is the kind of guy that the Knicks should start wanting to incorporate in their organization, but you're you're not feeling that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss. I really don't know. Like, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the sort of thing we should do. Like, you could really talk me into anything at this point. I'm, uh, I, I just don't know the direction of the Knicks. I do, I do not envy Steve Mills and Scott Perry at this point because they don't have a lot of easy decisions in front of them. For, for me, I, I think Danny Green specifically is a guy who's probably going to go one-year deals the rest of the way. And I still think the Knicks are really in a position to bring on a guy like him for one year, either re-signing with Toronto or going to like the Lakers or something and fitting into the group they're building over there, I think makes the most sense as far as teams who would sign him to one year. Um, would I be mad if we got him? No, but it just, it just feels like it'd be a weird fit for the Knicks and at our current state, even if we have KD waiting on the sidelines for a year. Guys, normally – when we talk through this, we end up landing on a couple different conclusions, a couple takeaways. I, I, I like podcasting because I feel like at every, every podcast I have one or two moments, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. But you kind of talk yourself into it. I, I think we're all kind of at a loss right now. Well, so I, I do want to go back to if, if Kevin Durant is waiting for not this upcoming season but the season after, and, and he's some approximation of his old self. Do you guys think it would make sense to, to max a guy like Tobias Harris to be the second, like the, the second banana to KD and just have like a, two big wings tied up for a long time? Like, does that interest you guys at all? And I say Tobias Harris, I could also say Jimmy Butler. Like, I don't know what Philadelphia plans to do with them. They're both unrestricted free agents. Um, maybe they always dreamed of playing with Kevin Durant. I don't know. Maybe they want to play in New York. So it, do you think it would make any sense for the Knicks to offer those guys maxes if we know KD is coming? For me, uh, I lean no. I would do Jimmy Butler before Tobias. Um, yeah. I, Even though Jimmy not, not that long. 
Jimmy Butler like some people. Jimmy's twenty nine and Tobias is twenty six, though. If that affects the thing, I think I, I think what Dave's saying. I mean, I have Jimmy Butler. I have Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris in very different classes of basketball players. Yeah. Um, I I think and and maybe this was my light bulb moment. Tom, there might be something there in just getting someone as an asset. So say Kevin Durant signs and we do sign uh, Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris or um, whoever it may be. We just mentioned next year's free agency crop isn't great, but if you can get one of those guys and have them as an asset and now, all right, KD comes back next year. RJ Barrett's the truth. We want to keep him and grow with him. You know, if you have Knox, Tobias Harris, and a couple picks, could you trade for the next disgruntled superstar? Uh, does uh, does that make sense? I am. I think it makes some sense. You know, um, it certainly helps facilitate a trade of nothing else. If you just have a guy on a somewhat inflated contract, because um, you're going to have to match salaries, presumably. Uh, right. It depends on the it depends on the guy, and you're most of the next assets are guys that you know are on rookie deals and aren't getting paid a lot right now. Yeah, but so to refute that, guys, big contracts. To refute yeah. that, like you would probably rather just have an expiring, right? Like a a, a way overpay one year deal, so the other team right. feels like they are uh, giving themselves some flex. You're giving them flexibility in in addition to whatever else you give them for that disgruntled superstar so you know the having the money is is nice it's just a team giving up a superstar some oftentimes is going into full rebuild mode right and they would probably value more the um the expiring deal than long-term flexibility than a long-term you know tobias harris play so there, there's that too um That's true. one name we haven't brought up yet who could be interesting for a one-year max deal is demarcus cousins who okay. He had a rough playoff, so I, I think teams would be weary of giving him multi, like a, a lot of money in a multi-year deal. I think Cousins is going to need to prove himself over the course of a season. Could could New York be the place to do that? Would would you guys be open to giving him a one-year max, or even like a, a I don't know a, a a two-year max or anything like that? Was that interest you guys? One. Well. <sighs> He's good. The problem, the problem for out. me is it, it's kind of Mitchell Robinson, right? Um, I mean, are, are, can well, those guys share the court together? I, I think they can a little bit. Um, but, Tom, I guess the problem for me there is, and this is kind of partially a compliment to Boogie Cousins, but if he comes back and he's healthy, I mean, like our team is going to be Boogie Cousins. Does that make sense? Like if Boogie Cousins is back to averaging 25 and 12, I just made those numbers up. I don't know if Boogie's ever averaged that. But if if Boogie Cousins is back to himself, like our offense is going to be run through Boogie Cousins and that just might be for a year. Like is is that really helping our young guys get better? I don't know. I think I do know, and I think the answer is no. So I think, right. I think you kind of answered the question there. Um yeah, you want more of the you want more like the Malcolm Brogdon type guys who are going to be able to move the ball, make plays, space the floor. Cousins, I mean, he kind of showed some flashes of that in the playoffs where he was a willing passer, but at the same time, if if it is his team and he doesn't have that like championship infrastructure like he did in Golden State, then you're probably right. Like he would go back to his old 
sort of bucket getting ways and and probably not be a great locker room presence. I mean, I've heard conflicting things about that, but typically I think his uh, his reputation is that he's a little bit of a of a diva in the locker room. So um, yeah, that probably would be would be problematic. I'm just trying to throw out other potential options here. It'd and, be a little uh, fun though, Dave. I've kind it of come to the line. <laughs> It'd be fun. Just just he's an exciting player for sure. Two years ago, he averaged five and a half assists per game, which is kind of a lot. Um, yeah, I guess nobody knows how healthy he really is. And is New York the place to make yourself right again? <laughs> is are the New York Knicks the this Knicks. to get yourself right? Um, I think that's only worked for Steve Novak. Um, I, I think he, I think Jeremy he was the Lynn. only person that came to New York and and found his real spot. Guys, we're um, I, I think we're almost a little sad because we didn't come up with the perfect plan. And like Tom said, I don't know how the Knicks front office is going to do it because. <laughs> <laughs> they're having this conversation and I don't know how it sounds. Um, maybe it's hail Mary for Kawhi time up, up in the, up in Nick's world. But um, I, I don't know. I, I guess we, we've talked a lot of examples. Dave, what would be your, let's do this. Kevin Durant's coming. He's out the year. What's your ideal free agency after that? Ideal realistic free agency. Do we consider Kyrie still possible? Yeah, I, 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 think would, say, still, I would say the, the KD Kyrie thing could still that could still be the thing. Okay, and actually, yeah. I mean, there's something there, Dave, because Kyrie still has this. I, I'm Kyrie. I wanted my own team. Blah blah blah. I'm. I, I don't think Kyrie would get excited for it, but he'd have a year in New York by himself to get. I mean. Prove whatever point he can put up some stupid numbers because it would be him versus the world. Just throw lobs to Mitchell Robinson, get enough assists there. Yeah. Uh, Tom? I mean, I love that you guys are still talking like KD and Kyrie <laughs> is still an option. I, I mean, I just really admire that optimism. Your slow rebuild. I think it's going to be a slow rebuild. I just I think it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, so, I'm at, so, so I'm it, looking at some stats from last year, just real quick. And sure. I wanted to see what, how like D'Angelo Russell's shooting was from various spots on the floor, just because we talk a lot about him and he really struggled in the restricted area and at the rim. Um, just, just a stat here, 132 players took at least 200 shots in the restricted area. And D'Angelo Russell Russell finished 121st. He was just out of the bottom 10 in the league at shooting in the restricted area. You'd be shocked at how many Knicks were worse than him, though. (laughs) Emmanuel Moutier and Kevin Knox being two of the the main ones. But I am uh, – that's that's my worry with D'Angelo Russell is, like, he doesn't get to the rim all that well. He's not, like, a very explosive athlete. he shot really well from where is this from floater range. He almost shot fifty percent from like in the paint. He's got a really good floater. I mean, this year, this past year, he definitely did. And I, I guess Tom, I, I guess for me, it's two ways to look at it. Like I, I view that as like room for improvement. Like he's he's gonna be 
he's, he's going to be his age 23 season. Like put a little more meat on the bone. And, and I know this, this shouldn't be the example, but I, when James Harden first came into the league, athletically, he wasn't super impressive. Now we see James Harden just take off on drives and posterize people. I, I think where the athletic training and the, these guys' athleticism, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I hate pairing uh, D'Angelo and Harden because I, I think that's where people get lost in that conversation. But I, I think there's still room to grow in his game and, and finish a little better around the 10 and uh, go to the free throw stripe a little more. But, again, hyper bullish on D'Lo. Ooh, two and a half free throw attempts per game. With that kind of usage, that is – that's scary. It's scary, yeah. man. That's, uh, that's where the floater thing becomes an issue. So what, what do you do, Tom? Let's, uh, I mean, you're, you're sounding like you think KD is even out. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's just – like I said earlier, that's a coin flip to me. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But – I, I think the idea is right to give these to give veterans one year big money deals and hope that you can get a disgruntled superstar. You know, you're gonna have a great draft pick this up like next NBA draft, you're gonna have another great asset there with that pick. And then you'll have guys like Knox and if a team wants to take a flyer on Frank and I mean who knows what Mitchell Robinson does this upcoming season, what his value will be. So I mean, say you have KD on the on the bench ready for the season after, then maybe you flip some of these assets and some of these players into another disgruntled superstar. That would be a best case. The problem is so many of these scenarios rely on things that are out of the Knicks' control, and that's just a scary place to be. But the things you can control is like preparing yourself for the possibility of that, and that's giving one-year maxes to guys like Thad Young and Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris and Nikola Miritich. It, it, I mean, I don't love those names at all. <laughs> and some of those guys are not even good locker room guys. Maybe one year max to Rudy Gay. I, I don't know, guys. I, it's it's really tough. And maybe as the summer progresses, I'll have a more clear picture in my mind of what I think <laughs> they should do. But right now, I don't have it. We're just talking through it. For, yeah, for me, I'm kind of just at a point where I have no idea what I – want unless they you know if it's not getting those you know marquee guys i have no idea what else i'd I'd ever want so it's kind of like just tell me what you end up with when it happens and i'll decide if i like it then i'll I'll be there waiting yeah i guess uh, i mean i've i've obviously let my d'angelo russell love show um and we'll see if anything if that happens that would mean Kyrie has gone to brooklyn more than likely um i don't know i i guess I, I guess my thing is, Tom, you we, you mentioned slow rebuild player development. I feel like after watching last season, and it was something that you kind of aimed me towards, Tom, is we talk about player development, but, like, look at the Phoenix Suns. Like, we, we, we were cracking jokes during the draft that, like, do those guys know what real NBA basketball is? I, I mean, that's being pretty rude to the Suns organization. But we talked about TJ Warren getting 18 points a night. But like nobody cared. It it when you were playing the Phoenix Suns, like I, I don't know how developed TJ Warren is as a basketball player. And I, I don't want to be saying that about, you know, Kevin Knox or RJ Barrett in a couple years, because there was no Rudy Gay on this team, or there was no 
There was no J.J. Redick. There was no veteran presence to help these guys learn how to play real NBA basketball. And that's, I, I guess that's what I don't have the solution to. And, and that's kind of our problem we're in right now is that who, who can be those guys that can come in for probably we pay them a little more because they're not on a competitor or on a contender. And I just don't know who the fit is. And now this whole conversation has kind of freaked me out. I mean, look, your options are either going to be like to sign top tier free agents for long term max deals. You could potentially sign like lower tier stars to max deals, which is not an ideal situation. Or you sign these even lower players to short term high money deals, like we keep saying. And I think, I mean, it's not like there are a ton of options, right? Like those are your three roads you can go. Um, and uh, so much of it depends on what Katie does. And and again, that's another thing that's out of the Knicks' control. But yeah, I think you have to spend the free the you have to spend the cap space somehow. You have to you have to spend that seven million. <laughs> it's going to get spent. So how you're going to do it? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, and we'll we'll be talking about it all summer. So, and I think we're a week away from free agents being able to be signed. I think it's going to be it's going to be so funny looking back. Just like two weeks ago, we were talking about if Katie and Kawhi are going to pair up um, in a week, or I mean, a week and a half. I think we're going to have an answer on this Durant stuff, and and that's nuts. Um, and and hopefully it means good things. <laughs> um, may, maybe. You know what, Big Baby David? Maybe Kawhi and Kyrie just come to town and run the damn thing. You know? Apple time, apple time. Apple time, apple time. Boys, this this was fun. Um, I I think you can hear a little bit of fear in my voice. And that's um that kind of comes with the the territory of being a Knicks fan. A- anything we we need to get off our chest, fellas? I think I said it all. <laughs> My my good friend Tom here is a thinking man, and he just put his brain through a mental ringer trying to figure out what the Knicks are going to do. And he looks pretty frustrated because I don't think we have any idea. And that's nope. terrifying. We had such we had such a good plan. Sign the best player in the world. Um, all right, boys. Um, if you've been listening, thank you so much. Um, leave a five star review. Right, Apple Time, Apple Time. Right, Big Baby David. Write a horse pun. That's where we started the show. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll be checking in with you guys, um, if not a week from today. Um, maybe we get some breaking news before then and do something else. Otherwise, uh, for Big Baby David and Tom Piccolo, boys, let's go next. Go next. There it is, Dave.